The following is a Secure Foundation broadcast. If you do not have the proper security clearance to listen to this broadcast, please turn off your listening device now and turn yourself in to the police. Our personnel will take it from there. Commencing playback of deadly auditory cognito hazard in 3, 2, 1. Every aspect of the SCP Foundation, one topic at a time. I'm your co-host, Soren. And I'm your co-host, David. And today we're talking about the Serpent's Hand, which, mm-hmm. as far That's as I can it. tell, is kind of confusing to find information on. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. We spent... You spent... I played on my phone. You spent 40 <laughs> minutes uh, looking for shit. Um, as usual, the, uh, you know, it, as a group of interest, it has a little insignia. This time, it's like a... It's a snake, but that I... <laughs> to me, that kind of looks like a tree. It looks yeah, like it's, it's supposed it's a to look like, like a, a snake and a tree and uh, birds and a fish. But then there's also, since it's serpent's hand, hand, it's like a serpent going into a hand, and there's like these little things coming up. I don't know. It's cool. Which are birds um, and leaves and mm-hmm. yeah, um, everything. So there are actually two introductions. Um, yes, one of them this. is from, like, one of them is straight up the foundation one, and then the other is kind of from the perspective of the serpent's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, which one would you like to read? Uh, I'll read the Serpent's Hand one. Okay, I'll start off with the Foundation one. Um, right, so, SCP Foundation introductory file on Group of Interest Alpha-019, Serpent's Hand. The Serpent's Hand is a small but formidable organization which seems to be growing at a rapid rate, and is responsible for a number of security breaches. The group embraces the use and existence of paranormal items, and in particular embraces humanoid and sapient SCP objects. The Serpent's Hand has been highly vocal in criticizing the containment and destruction of, the, of these SCPs, especially those which are not particularly destructive. At least 177 individuals belonging to the Serpent's Hands have been identified, of which several dozen have been taken part in raids on Foundation facilities, many of whom used anomalous items for infiltration purposes. The total number of members belonging to this organization is unknown, as is their level of technology, number of possible SCPs held, or total level of threat. It is clear they are highly coordinated and often dangerous. Their number appear to be increasing faster as more anomalies appear in the world. The Serpent's Hand came to Foundation attention after, encou- after encounters with the individual known as L.S., which seems to be a leader within the Serpent's Hand, and is personally responsible for two security breaches in Foundation sites. L.S.'s first breach resulted in the theft of SCP-268, um, which I don't think we're doing today, um, no. an artifact that the Foundation had recovered during a raid of a Chaos Insurgency facility, which we have talked about before. The Foundation first learned of the Serpent's Hand after LS's second breach of Foundation security, see Security Breach Incident X23 slash Site-919. The identity of LS has yet to be conclusively verified, though evidence points to the person of interest known as the Black Queen. See okay. files. Uh, by the way, real quick, 268 is a shadow that eats anything who casts a shadow onto it and then the black queen added a bunch of things we'll figure it out later eventually maybe okay (laughs) for a long time the foundation had very little information about the serpent's hand existing information was received mostly through leaks from global occult coalition intelligence uh which is the goc and was limited or or incomplete in nature goc intelligence did not seem to reflect the current status of the group despite clear inside information 
A breakthrough was made with the Foundation's discovery of the Wanderer's Library, an anomalous extra-dimensional location accessed through portals, referred to as ways, found in many different parts of the world. The Serpent's Hand seems primarily based from this location, though they have no direct control over it. Direct, direct assaults on the library have so far proven unfeasible even when entrance can, could be found, which is, by the way, the library is also known as the Wanderer's Library, which is specifically linked to this, which we will be going over. Mm. Foundation agents presently do not seem to be able to access the library without making use of anomalous methods, and even then with near-zero near success rate. Foundation agents are attacked on site by anomalous entities upon successful entrance. This also seems to be the case for GOC agents, though some are merely escorted out while others are killed immediately. The GOC seems to have, have some access to the library through intermediaries, however. Foundation efforts to infiltrate the Wanderer's libraries are ongoing. Mobile Task Force uh, TAW-9 bookworms have been assigned to specialize in the investigation, tracking, acquisition, and containment of individuals and artifacts related to the Serpent's Hand and the Wanderer's Library. Due to the general necessity of non-anomalous containment methods and other difficulties, progress has been so far has been so far been slow, though many identified hand individuals are presently under surveillance. The Serpent's Hand seems to be extremely active in the general paranormal community. They have a high level of interest in the Global Occult Coalition, who they call the Book Burners, and the SCP Foundation itself referred to as the Jailers or Jailers, regarding both with animosity. The Hand's relationship with the GOC is particularly hostile. Most recorded cases of unprovoked violence by Serpent's Hand members have been against GOC agents. The Serpent's Hand seems estranged from the GOC's 108-member organization, <clears throat> despite similarities in focus on thaumatology and other occultic practices, and a number of shared met methods. This situation seems to be due to the GOC policy of destroying most anomalous entities which are non-human in origin or which they cannot efficiently control. Additionally, the GOC treats Hand members as enemy agents to be engaged or killed on site. Foundation seems to be the focus or less anger from the Serpent's Hand due to Foundation policy of containing and not destroying most anomalous entities. However, Hand and animosity towards the Foundation is still high. The Hand has unfriendly relationships, relations with the Chaos Insurgency, who they call the Madmen, and middling relations with the Office for the Reclamation of Islamic Artifacts. Sometimes hostile, sometimes cooperative, see files on House uh, Asena and the Horizon Initiative. The hand seems to have neutral to friendly relations with the mom with with the mama. <laughs> That's not right. The hand seems to have neutral to friendly relations with the Mana Charitable Foundation and is tolerant of nonviolent Fifthus Church and Church of the Broken God members. A few members of the hand seem to be also members of Are We Cool Yet, though they seem to be among the more pacifist members of that collective. A number of non AWCY anomalous artists and artists have been identified in the hands ranks as well. The Hand seems to have occasional interactions with the agents of Marshall, Carter, and Dark, who they call the merchants, within the Wanderer's Library, though they seem neutral rather than friendly. Outside the library, Hand members have clashed with MC and D agents on several known occasions. Hand raids on Foundation facilities have been steadily increasing in number, as has their ability to evade capture and to successfully liberate SCP items. Formerly, the GOC seemed to be able to keep Hand numbers in check, but this no longer seems to be the case. Efforts to neutralize the Serpent's Hands in a more permanent fashion are ongoing. All right, so the Serpent's Hand section, which is a pillar column right next to it, uh, basically says you're wrong. Okay. A lot of the times. So this is so that's what the Foundation believes, and this is what the, the Serpent's Hand says about themselves. Welcome. 
To anyone willing or able to read this, this is for you. We are the serpent's hand. We are a movement unified by a common belief that humanity and all the other peoples of the known world do not deserve to be kept in the darkness and ignorance. The serpent's hand doesn't coordinate as a group. We are a loose collection of splinters. Our enemies tend to misunderstand this. For instance, a Foundation's obsession with L.S., a person most a person most of us have never met. Or the Serpent's Nest, with their shifting identities. Yes, they are all leaders because they are people we respect, people we take advice from, and some, some of us will follow their plans. But they aren't all of us. There is no special way to join the Hand. There are no secret rituals done in basements or closets. We hold no elections for our leaders. If you want to become a member of the Serpent's Hand, all you have to do is decide you are a member of the Serpent's Hand. Most of us are ordinary people, though our enemies do not understand this. We are ordinary people who embrace the anomalous, the supernatural, the ethereal. We oppose its suppression. How can we not? Our friends, family members, and sometimes we ourselves fall outside the bounds of normalcy. Every single one of us has experienced the anomalous. We are not things. We are the things in heaven and earth that were not dreamt of in your in your philosophy. To the heralds of traditional power such as the SCP Foundation, the Global Occult Coalition, and most world governments, the anomalous is a slowly spreading poison threatening to destroy everything civilization has worked so hard to create. But anomalous people are people, and the anomalous itself is not a threat merely for existing. Yes, it presents danger, but so do germs and meteors and forest fires. Suppressing knowledge of something will only make it more dangerous, and keep all of us huddling, frightened, in the dark. When normalcy starts hurting the people who have to live under it, to try to cure a poison, normalcy itself is the poison. The SCP Foundation and the Global Occult Coalition are playing the role now that the Catholic Church played when they imprisoned Galileo for discovering that the world revolved around the sun. Their practices and beliefs are the death of knowledge, the death of science, the death of light. Take the Wanderer's Library as, as an example, the place where the serpent's hand makes its home. The library is the largest repository of knowledge the world has ever seen, the holy grail for those seeking to understand the preternatural. And yet, both the SCP Foundation and Global Occult Coalition have been thrown out of the place that welcomes all. Why? Because they tried to destroy it, or to take it for themselves so no one else could have it. Because of this, they are condemned to blunder in the dark. Everyone reasonable agrees that people should defend themselves against supernatural threats. But how can you protect yourself if you burn and bury the books and imprison or execute the people who tell you how? Would you try to protect yourself against nuclear weapons by telling everyone to pretend they didn't exist? Serpent's Hand were barred from the library, too, once. There was a reason we could not rediscover it until 1967. But no more. We've learned from our mistakes. To any members of the GOC and the Foundation who may read this, we are growing so large because of you. We were more like you once, just one more inbred secret society hoarding occult knowledge to ourselves. Then the Foundation began increasing its scale. There have not always been jailers, but... There have always been jailers, but not like this, not in millennia. Yet, still, they kept themselves in the dark, with only their leaders ever knowing the full extent of the world on Earth outside the everyday. So they were tolerable, for a time. But then came the Seventh Occult War, the Foundation Civil War, the rise of the Global Occult Coalition, the Book Burners, the Big Brother, and the grand-scale campaign against the paranatural community that followed. The Coalition became the oppressive shelter to which the cowards of the paranatural community fled. A shame there are only 108 slots, and only for human-dominated organizations. Or perhaps not a shame at all. Our old selves are not, did not seek membership then, and we were fortunate for that. So the Serpent's Hand rose up, not out of desire nor fear, but out of clear and pressing need, to keep all peoples from being chained forever in the dark. We, the Serpent's Hand, ask both of you this. How many KTEs does the Global Coke Coalition catalog? It must seem like the supernatural is a vast hydra, two new heads sprouting for each that is cut off. How long will you keep cutting? How many SCP items does the Foundation contain now? 2,000? 3,000? 5? More? How long before there is no more room for prisons to be constructed? 
Will you put the whole world in a containment cell? You must admit it to yourselves, privately. The anomalous is on the rise. You cannot hold back the future forever. You are the monsters you are so afraid of. Let go of your fear and join us in the light. And if you will not, if you keep imprisoning and killing innocents, if you keep forcing the world to stay in the dark, then you will meet the fate of all the slayers and murderers in the world's history before you. We will free those you keep imprisoned. We will rescue those you try to kill. The garden is the serpent's place. We are the serpent's hand. That's signed M. The Wanderers Library 2014, which is a link to wanderers-library.wiki.com, which Wikidot is also the site that the SCP Wiki was previously hosted on. Mm-hmm. Now it's its own individual thing. Yeah. One one thing that I've been noticing a lot with a lot of the, the different, um, I guess, groups of interest, especially this one, is that like it's definitely showing the foundation in a different light, right? Because, like, outside of that, you look at the foundation and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, it's just this thing that, like, keeps all the um, SCPs in order, it tracks them, it logs them, all this stuff. But a lot of the group of interests are, like, talking about it, like, it's it's basically the devil. They're the one that's... <clears throat> the foundation's the one that's wrong. Yeah, in and a this... lot of different ways. Like, the chaos insurgency is... Well, they don't know why they're doing anything. Uh, <laughs> the Serpent's Hand thinks that they're imprisoning everyone. The Global Occult mm-hmm. Coalition thinks that they're foolish by not destroying what they contain. Other things, like Dr. Wondertainment just wants to put their products out into the world. Uh, <laughs> Gamers Against Weed thinks they're fun killers. <laughs> Marshall Carter yeah. and Dark thinks they're business killers. Yeah, I think, and a bunch of other things. Although I think I think with this, though, the Serpent's Hands have, have probably been some of the ones that at least make the most sense in that. Like mm-hmm. They see it as a way of like, well... Uh, they they made a lot of good points of like yeah it's the same thing as like a germ or whatever and if someone shot a nuclear bomb at you like you just pretend that it didn't exist like oh uh, no wait I have a correction from earlier the hat the link to the hat to the SCP in the um when it mentions LS is not the small uh, shadow boy that's a different one uh, okay. this is a hat that when you wear it you're in you basically are a nobody nobody really notices you at all literally <laughs> so. And okay. it, the only markings on the cap are written in Middle Irish, reading "The Garden is the Serpent's Place." So, hmm. yeah, things like okay. that. And it was breached cool. with a note that said, "Thanks, I needed my hat back." Signed, LS. That was a mistake <laughs> that I made. That was my fault. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously, we mentioned the um, within the uh, at the end of the. the I'm rambling. Okay, I'm gonna start over. I, at the end of the um, the intro for the the Serpent's Hands, it mentioned the Wanderers Library. Uh, we're gonna look, kind of look at that um, for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, if you click on that link at the or like Soren said, if you click on the link at the end, it'll bring you to the Wanderers Library. And there's a little um, there's a uh, a po- I, I guess you can call it a poem. It, it's a yeah, I would I would yeah, call it a poem. poem. It's it's a little piece of writing at the, at the and um, I don't. The top. I've heard of this before, but I don't remember if it was through SCP or if it was like this is an actual poem that's meant to be the way it is. Uh-huh. I don't remember. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to read it for it's you. It's titled One Fine Day in the Middle of the Night by Anonymous. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One fine day in the middle of the night, two dead boys got up to fight. Back to back, they faced each other, drew their swords, and shot each other. One was blind, and the other couldn't see, so they chose a dummy for a referee. A blind man went to see fair play. A dumb man went to shout hooray. A paralyzed donkey passing by kicked the blind man in the eye, knocked him through a nine-inch wall into a dry ditch, and drowned them all. A deaf policeman heard the noise and came to arrest the two dead boys. 
If you don't believe this story is true, ask the blind man. He saw it too. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a little gonna, weird. Hold on. I am going to look up this right now. It's, Impromptu looking up things. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it feels very, like, contradictory, Wait but, like, on purpose. Okay, it is a, it's a Spike Milligan poem. Okay. I don't know who that but is. But if you Google the title, the first link is a song cover of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it feels very contradictory on purpose. Although, you said it, like, it actually exists outside of this. Yeah, no. I, I don't know who it's okay. by. Christopher Brookmere? This is one. This is another one. <laughs> it feels like There's many things. Thing. It's it's a thing. It's an, it is an actual poem. Okay. That's what we had to establish here. <laughs> this was an adventure. Okay. Yep. That's where we are. Yeah, so, so I, I guess like that kind of it kind of gives you an idea though of like what this this place is like. It like mm-hmm. it specifically kind of made it confuse you. It's a want. It's a library. Okay, so if we go to orientation, mm-hmm. uh, this is just kind of introduction. It's a collaborative fiction exercise that collection of stories that explores strange and fantastic corners of the world hidden from ordinary eyes. Some take place in the distant past, taking the forms of legend and fables. Others from the modern day, hiding in the shadows just out of sight. Basic premise is that there are strange things that are not quite of our world, some dangerous, some fascinating, some respect, extraordinary. There's a bunch of things here. Sense of wonder, sense that there's a larger world. In the world of the library, these wonders are hidden but never truly far away. Basically, it's kind of like everything's not quite what it seems. Just out of sight, there's weirdness happening. Okay. So And this is the stories that tell of it. Mm-hmm. But okay. it is a writing site, just like the foundation. Just like the SCP wiki, I mean. So you can just mm-hmm. write a weird story. Uh, there's, in the universe it says, there's, uh, it's a place for stories that invoke a sense of wonder, epic tales, the, uh, blah, blah. So what is the <laughs> library? I'm just skimming, because I don't want to take up way too long again. I can tell. The library is a place that exists outside of normal space, containing almost every book ever written and many that never were. There are doors that lead to it all over the world and in other worlds as well. If you climb to the top of the shelves, you see more shelves as far as you can go. There are walls, there are limits to it, but it's far larger than any man-made building. The library exists as far as anyone knows to collect and make available to collect and make available books and information. All are welcome to check out books or other materials. Much of the library's workings are mysterious to its patrons. Some parts, known as the archives, are accessible only to a select few, while others may only be accessed by the librarians. Are both archives and librarians are capitals. A uh, few simple lo- uh, there. <laughs> there are a few simple rules to the library: return your books on time, don't damage books, don't steal books, don't damage library property, don't harm those within the library. The, lang- the ranks of the librarians in bold are filled with those who could not or would not follow them. Librarians are the caretakers of the library, so the rule breakers caretakers, um, I guess. Who oversee its day-to-day maintenance. A patron is most likely to encounter one of three types on a given day. The archivists serve as the, serve at the desks at the main hall. They have no eyes, but they know instinctively where to find any book in the library. They also distribute the library cards, check books out to people, and keep track of who has which book. If you look behind the desk, you'll find they have no legs, but instead are connected directly to the chairs that are rooted in the marble floor. Pages reshelf the books, anywhere from six to ten arms, bowed legs, and squat bodies, making them excellent climbers, able to reach the highest shelves without the need for a ladder. They rarely so much as touch the ground. 
and the Dawson's guide patrons through the library, showing them where to find books, as well as stalking the stacks for violations of the rules. They are perfectly silent, and in fact have no mouths. Where their left hand should be, a chain grows, connected to a brass lantern that never grows dim. The Dawson's in particular serve as the first line of defense for the library against hostile enemy entities. Some say that they are able to sense the presence of hostile beings even before they enter through a way, although this claim is controversial, to say the least. Uh, and then, okay. uh, the ways are connections between various worlds and, and realities. Library is a nexus of ways insofar as almost every world is connected to it by at least one way. So they're just like, the way it, every like every place, every world, every universe has a way. It's, it's just like a, diff- a door to get into it. Um, yeah. And then said so the serpents underneath it also uh, has some stuff about the serpent's hand. It says, Serpent Hand is a group of individuals who believe that the supernatural should not be suppressed or kept secret. Their individual ideologies can vary a great deal, as can their methods. They're more of a loose polit- political mu- movement than a concrete organization. The membership varies from normal humans who want to show what they've learned to others, to those gifted with extra normal abilities, and even to non human entities that desire the acceptance of human society. Um. Yeah, That's so a bunch and of things it, about their history, they've ex- they've existed since the late 19th century at least. Uh they were unable to access the library for a while, but in 1967 they were redis- they rediscovered it. They're closely associated with the library, but there is no official link. The library serves as a base of operations, a general meeting place, but they have no ownership over it in any sense. There's no centralized command, dozens of different factions and such. Lack of organization is uh is a function of the hand's sole criteria for membership being a willingness to consider oneself a member of the hand. Basically, if you're a member, if you th- if you claim to be a member, you are. Uh-huh. Certain figures who are likely to have their voices lic- listened to, such as LS, despite never being seen, that is a link to uh, the hat that makes you a nobody. Again. Uh, ways also have a thing that any it can be anything from a little literal door to an arch... To a mirror, go through, you have to knock, in quotes at it. That is, do a specific action or fulfill some specific criteria. Maybe whistle in the right way, or bring bring a seven-leaf clover, or unspool a VHS copy of Enter the Dragon. You knock (laughs) at the door, step through, find yourself in a new world. Not all ways lead to the library. Some lead to other worlds. Some lead back to different places in the same world. The greatest minds, including those in the serpent's hand, have been unable to figure out how they work. If there's a logic to how they function, no one's been able to discover it yet. Mm -hmm. That's how the ways work. Now, the group of interests, I'm just going to kind of skim through these and just kind of show how they're kind of written, not read through all of them because there's a bunch. But uh, it basically says, A treatise upon those of knowledge of the jailers. The jailers refers to themselves as the foundation. The, of the book burners. The book burners are the, are the global cult coalition. The hanged one is, I believe, the hanged the church the hanged king's tragedy the hanged king or something like that the merchant is marshall carter and dark the devout are church of the broken god the neverwhere are nobody i think there's a group called nobody or maybe they're just an exclusive to yeah i think they might be an exclusive to the wanderer's library who knows okay the nameless one is someone else. Mm-hmm. The remnant. There's many things that just say various things that aren't quite. They're not directly related to other things always. There's the Deva. 
the madmen things like that that's basically how they refer to people as groups of like the book burners the jailers that type of thing yeah yeah um so with obviously you know within a library a regular one as well as a wanderers you have different stories and stuff um we have one example of this one. is long yeah let's yeah do it. actually yeah let's do it okay we, we have one example of one it's called uh, a loaf story um it's just you know wanderers uh dash library dot wiki dot dot com forward slash a dash loaf dash story um uh i can read it if you want yep <clears throat> sounds good okay <clears throat> let me clear my throat so i don't have to do that a ton of times before okay yeah so a loaf story emilio and elizabeth first met at the bakery he was from the nearby farm a quiet dark-skinned boy who liked to sit at the window and watch the customers walk by she was from three counties over sold along with her sisters for three cows a wagon and six hunks, hunks of cheese her lodgings were at the back of the shop both preferred to keep them to themselves and the company of a few well-worn friends they hardly spoke until the day the fat lady came in she was a lark. She was a lark? She was large, like a ripe peach. Every step she took threatened to punch a crater through the floor. Bundles of skins and veins and fat poured over each other, fighting for dominance and shoving out the hem of her clothes. A basket swung at her hip like a loaded pistol. Atop her head flopped a wide-brimmed hat, threatening to smack any unsuspecting pedestrians. Her name was Mabel Warm, and she was looking for some bread. The baker smiled and told her their bread was the best in the city, and that she should have a look around. She roamed through the aisles, picking and choosing and inspecting loaves as she went, and rejecting each one. When she came to Emilio, he tried to force himself to stop quaking. There's no reason to fear, he told himself. You'll just be ignored just like everyone else. But when he felt her meaty grasp around him and the tap-tap-tap of her fingers against his crust, he couldn't help but begin to shiver. Later, he would think back and decide that this was the reason he was chosen, and be happy he did. But at that moment, when he realized he was being lowered not onto the shelf, but into the basket, he only felt fear. He sat in the basket and sobbed quietly to himself. The lady moved around the store, continuing to pick up bread, but none met her standards until the top of the basket opened and in fell the most perfect loaf he had ever seen. For a moment, he forgot all about Mabel as he took in the smooth curves, ridges, and crusts of her body. She was pale. She was a pale fried brown color, with a thick and ovular body. Running down her center was a shadow valley, sided by two sharp ridges that had been bent slightly back. Her bottom was made up of hundreds of tiny pale bumps arranging, arranged into a small, smaller oval. She, too, he noticed, was shaking with fear, and he felt the need to comfort her. So, real quick, I, I guess this is in the perspective of the, the bread? Yeah, of the bread. Okay. Um, Don't question it, it. it. It's interesting, but okay. Hello, he whispered, and winced at the fear in his voice. What's your name? She was silent. He repeated the question. Elizabeth, she said. Her voice was also tinged with fright. Nice to meet you, Elizabeth. I'm Emilio. He tried to scoot across the basket to her, but didn't have any room to maneuver. He slumped against the wall. Listen, we're going to be okay. No, she said. We're going to be eaten. We're not going to be eaten. It was a clumsy lie. I bet we can get out of this. Before we, before she could respond, the basket slammed down. He heard Mabel ask for something from behind the counter, and the baker shuffled through the cabinets. The top of the basket opened, and the baker peered down at the loaves. He set a price to Mabel. There was the sound of coins bouncing. Top closed and the basket was lifted through the air. It swung, flinging the two loaves against the side. Then there was stillness and the clopping of hooves. Emilio sat in the dark, trying to work up the nerve to speak again. Finally said, So, where do you come from? Germania, she said almost before he was finished speaking. Never heard of the place. 
I think I had an uncle from there, he said. I doubt it, she said. He tried to ask more questions, but she didn't reply. So he sat in the dark and rued his fate. Of course, he had always known this would be how he died, but some small portion of himself had clung to the belief that he would be able to escape it somehow. That he would go stale or be tossed out accidentally, or against all logic, one day the baker would simply let him go free, just pick him up from the basket and place him on the doorstep to find his way through the world. Uh, but now reality was confronting him in the face. Thoughts of knives ran through his head, knives and cutting boards and cheeses and meats and sandwiches. The only comfort was that he would die with Elizabeth. The sound of hooves stopped. The basket was lifted in the air once again and began to move forward. A door slammed and the basket was tossed down. The top of the basket was ripped open and two great hands thrust into it, grabbing the two pieces of bread and bringing them up into the light. There was the voice of the fat woman and a man discussing a dinner party. They were tossed down into a white bowl. The woman lumbered away. The rest of the day passed in silence. A few times Emilio tried to speak, but Elizabeth had never responded with more than an indistinguishable murmur. After three tries, he gave up and began to look around the house. They were in a large white room that he assumed was a kitchen or dining area. To his left were two windows overlooking a garden and a small pond. To his right was another room, purple, with a couch, coffee table, and bookshelves. The fat lady was there, talking to a slim man in a black suit. Both were drinking tea. Inside the kitchen, there were several more bowls. Two of them likewise contained bread, but they were too far away for Amelia to call out them. Three more had fruit, and Amelia had already had enough of a headache to talk to them. The last, enshrined in the center of the counter, had vegetables. Emilio briefly considered trying to speak to them, but decided against it. Talking to vegetables never resulted in anything but being looked down upon. The fat lady got up from the couch and waddled into the kitchen. From the fruit bowl, she picked a bushel of grapes and a green apple. Ignoring its laughter, she lifted the apple to its lip and bit down. Juice ran down her face and she, as she walked back into the living room. She handed the grapes to the man, who thanked her, and bit into the apple again. Its laughter swelled, filled the entire house, but they either couldn't hear or didn't care. Emilio shuddered. That would be their fate soon, ripped open and passed out to be used as a delivery mechanism for spreads of the dinner party. His mind flew through the possible courses of action. There had to be something. Some way to escape their doom. He just needed to think. I know how to get out of here, said Elizabeth. What? You do? said Emilio. He tried to shake himself around to get a more direct view of her. Yes. Well, what is it? The vegetables. And then there's break. Alright, so should we keep reading? And if we do, should I read? Uh, yeah, you can read this next bit. Alright, this is a long one. Mm -hmm. uh, Alright, I'm not sure if we'll read this whole thing, but we'll read a little bit more at least. The guests had arrived. The table was lined with food, roast pig and barbecued duck, sweets and cakes and pastries, fruits and vegetables, fine meads, wines and ales, and most importantly of all, the bread. To his relief, Emilio and Elizabeth had not been split up. Both were positioned on the right end of the table, in front of hungry-looking raccoon and his wife, who were discussing the latest decree outlawing the sale of non-denominational clothing. Emilio glanced over at the vegetables. They had been placed in the fanciest possible bowl and seemed quite content with the current situation. It didn't seem to have occurred to them that they were not the guests, but the final course. He hoped that was the case. If the vegetables knew about their fate and were, for some reason, going along with it, all hope was lost. The hostess stood, glass raised, to give the traditional pre-feast blessing. With all eyes, ears, and noses turned towards her, Emilio made his move. Psst, he whispered to the vegetables. There was no response. He was getting tired of people ignoring him. Hey, leafers, over here. A head of cabbage stirred. Excuse me? You heard me. I don't think we heard you right, said a carrot, because I don't think you'd be stupid enough to say that. He turned to the cabbage. Did I hear him right? I think you did, said the cabbage. Seems like we've got someone lacking a proper respect for authority. I think we need to teach him some manners, said an eggplant. Shut up, said Emilio. 
They stopped talking. It was probably the first time anyone had ever spoken to them like that. If you don't listen to me, you're all going to die, he said before they had the chance to get indignant. What? said the carrot. Who do you think you are? said the eggplant, threatening your lords. The nerve? I'm not threatening anyone, said Emilio. They're the treats, he nudged in the direction the of treats. the diner. The threat. <laughs> oh. oh, no. It, uh. They're the threats. There we go. Threats. They're the threats, he nudged in the direction of the diners, who were still enraptured by the speech. They're planning to eat you. Eat us? Eat us? said the cabbage. Do you not recognize guests of honor when you see them? I recognize food when I see it, said Emilio. Look at where you are. If you were guests, you would be seated at the table. You're in a bowl next to breads and meat fruit. Meat fruit? Okay. Yeah, Who what is meat guess? fruit? <laughs> yeah, what is meat fruit? Let's investigate this. That doesn't sound very appetizing. Let's investigate this. What is meat fruit? Meat fruit. Uh, London's fruit made out of chicken meat. This is a YouTube link. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that was a YouTube link. Okay, it's a thing. It's a food. It exists. There that we go. doesn't sound very appetizing. But whatever. Okay. Uh, where were we? Next to breads and meat fruit. Who puts guests next to fruit? There was a silence as the vegetables considered this. Then the cabbage said, You're lying. I'm not lying, and if you want to survive, you're going to have to break out of here. Another silence before the carrot spoke up. I think the bread might be right. He's not right, cried the cabbage. It's a trick. He's trying to make us look like fools in front of the hosts. I don't know, said the eggplant. Why are we on the table? Because you're going to be eaten, said Emilio. Why is that so hard to believe? We're royalty. Would you dare eat us, said the cabbage. Maybe they like the thrill of it. I've heard of people like that before, said Emilio. We can figure out reasons later. What's important now is that we get out of here. There was a long silence. The hostess finished her speech and sat. The other guests followed suit and picked up their forks. They began piling food onto their plates. The raccoon reached for Emilio. Hurry! The cabbage was lost in thought. The raccoon picked up Emilio and began to pull. He felt his crust starting to crack, his innards being loosened and drawn apart. Now! Very well, said the cabbage, but you'll be held accountable if this is a mistake. If this is a mistake. The cabbage scrunched up in concentration. There was a hissing noise. The guests grimaced and screeched as the vegetable's consciousness began to burrow its way into their own. Blood poured out of the hostess's nose. The tearing on Emilio's inside stopped. Then in unison, each person at the table slumped down dead and dropped their food. Emilio rolled across the table. A half-eaten pear bounced on the cloth and came to a stop in front of him. Wee! it said. I want to go again. Emilio breathed a sigh of relief. Okay. Uh, what just some, happened? That is some powerful cabbage. We don't I, I think, pre-read. Yeah, I, I think we'll... I think we'll stop there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. I've, There's a lot more, but apparently lot, uh, stuff, vegetables but... have psychic abilities to kill things with their mind. I, I feel bad for vegans, dude. One day, someday, someday they're going to get fucked, and I'm just going to laugh. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Anyways. Just every vegan you find, just link them this. Yeah, yeah. See, oh, this no. is why that's fine. That's in um, poor taste. Right. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's 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 interesting. Uh, it's, I'm. It's a fun concept. I kind of want to know where that's going, but also we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, so. I want to know where it's going to. I saw the words bread for you, bread funeral, and I know that I'll be coming <laughs> back. So, yeah, traditional um, bread funeral, actually. Okay. Mm. So after this, uh, I've kind of moved some things around. I don't know what our time's looking like. Uh, we've been going for about forty minutes. So I got to figure out if we should prioritize the tail. Oh my god, this is a long skip. This is going to be a glance over a skip for the other one, for the tail background skip. Okay, 
Let's read the let's read the one skip, then the then one tail, and Soren, then glance over you, the tail background skip. Uh, Sorry, you have to actually like tell me which what you, you can't just say like yeah. Let's read the, the one smaller script number. and then just uh thirteen twenty six. Yes, we're reading SCP thirteen twenty six. I'll do this unless you want to do this. I don't know. No, you can do it. Okay, it is as we said. Object number, at uh, item number SCP thirteen twenty six. Object class Euclid. Uh, special containment procedures. SCP-1326 is to be contained in a standard Site-19 containment cell with a box of used literature, e.g. newspapers or magazines, kept outside its cell. One magazine from this box is to be left within the containment cell as a precaution and must be replaced pending feedings. Every three weeks, a staff member is to feed the SCP by bringing the book kept inside the containment cell within 30 centimeters of the front cover and held in place until activity ceases. And then discard the magazine in question and replace it with another paper from the box outside 1326's cell. Should the SCP release SCP-1326-2 due to failure to perform a formentum procedure, 1326's containment cell is to be kept on lockdown until all instances return to SCP-1326, at which point lockdown may be lifted and the magazine absorbed during the event must be replaced ASAP. All readings of 1326 contents must be performed by D-Class only, and any content deemed safe and or useful to the Foundation is to be transcribed and stored on a Foundation computer under document 1326-82. Okay. I love that it starts at the containment procedures, because you have no idea what it is. Like, this could be anything. And then, Mm -hmm. first line of the description, SCP-1326 is an ornate leather-bound hardcover book adorned with various moving parts on its front cover, including a circular number dial in its upper left corner, a semicircular dial in the lower left corner, and several jointed mechanical arms crossing over its center, ending in mechanical claws or circular lenses. SCP-1326 is secured by a locks on its side, designed to fit a small key designated SCP-1326-1. SCP-1326 may only be opened by uh, 1326-1. Attempts to open the lock using picks or replicas of Dash-1 have failed. The contents, the content of the SCP appears to be an encyclopedia, that was the right way to say it, encyclopedia (laughs) collection of various works and articles on diverse topics. The nature of these entities varies, the nature of these entities varies, you know, it's just so many similar (laughs) words that they all use. This is why this isn't a reading podcast, it's just supposedly discussion. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Even though, like, 90% of this is just us reading. It's just reading. It'll... Mm, I was going <laughs> it'll change eventually, but I don't know if it will. <laughs> it could. It could. Maybe. Tell us mm-hmm. what you want. I guess. Uh, the contents... Oh, we haven't done the mid-roll. Uh, we That'll be that after later. this. We'll do that after this. Uh, the nature of these entries varies between known works by known authors, altered versions of known works, or unidentified works covering known or unknown material, some of which may be related to SCPs under or out of Foundation custody. The content yielded by 1326 when open may be changed by inputting index numbers via the dials on the book's front cover. Interesting. The numbers do not appear to follow any sort of classification system, as no correlation has been found between the index values and the contents. There is a list of works, which is big, Oh, I just scrolled all the way to the bottom to see the most recent edition. 28-E, 28-E-28-E, Fortnite Battle Royale Guidebook by N-O-O, no, N-0-0-0-B. B, I might have said three. To pro gamer guides, a pseudonym for an unknown author. 
The notes. book contains several misspellings of point of interest names from the game Fortnite Battle Royale. <sighs> Fuck. Excellent. Okay. Wonderful content. <laughs> okay. That was a good click. Uh, if 1326 is brought within one meter of another book or written document, the arms on its cover will begin moving of their own accord in order to line the lenses on the end of these arms with the du- line... Line up the lenses on the end of these arms of the, uh, on the ends of these arms with the document in question. Once aligned, the lenses will emit a blue light and scan the document for approximately five seconds, then return to their original position. Positions. Testing has confirmed that this behavior is a means for the SCP to acquire new information, which will be presented in readable format under an apparently random index designation. How 1326 is capable of identifying sources of information is unknown. Though staff theorize it, pos- it may possess a certain degree of sentience. It is also possible the book simply reacts to repeating symbols or patterns. As it has been observed scanning Foundation staff name tags or groups of ceiling tiles, though such scans have been noted to be shorter than scans performed on complete books or written papers. It is, not a- it is advised to provide 1326 with new material on a monthly basis, as the object will become hostile if not fed regularly. See Incident Report 1326-Blackbox for details. Then there's a link to the incident report, which opens a it's call like, tab. It's a spider. There's um, an image. It's a of skeleton like of a spider. A of a, no, it looks more like a spider made out of a skeleton. Uh-huh. That's, that's not also what a skeleton. A... That's not what a spider skeleton looks like. I hope. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. It, it also it has. Be. It also has a human skull with red painting on the forehead and like tusks, like a fucking woolly mammoth or some shit. Mm. That might be what a spider skull looks like. I don't think it is. This is the off-site research. (laughs) Spiders don't have skeletons, do they? They have the outer one. Yeah. Crazy bones, skeleton spider. Okay. It doesn't matter. Either way, it's it's spooky. It's it is spooky. I'll tell you that much. It's very spooky. (laughs) Okay. Uh, uh, incident. We're just sounds. We're just doing ASMR now. We're, We're that's that's all we're doing. This is, uh, why are you open? Why are you opening? What is happening? What's wrong? What? Uh, I lost it. Okay. Everything's back. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck happened? I don't know. Everything just disappeared and I got it back real quick by doing something. Okay. Okay. On blacked out date, after 30 days without feeding 1326, without feeding, the SCP opened of its own accord and released a large swarm of entities re- resembling large arachnids, henceforth uh, dash 2, 1326-2, but I'm just going to say dash 2. These beings acted as an organized unit and proceeded to gather all objects relevant to data storage within the containment chamber, including loose documents, computers, and file cabinets, and bring them to 1326, while they were data ex- where they were data expunged and absorbed into the book. As the chamber was not locked at the time, dash 2 proceeded to breach the containment, breach containment and continue this process with the surrounding offices, resulting in the loss of a uh, single-digit blacked-out number Foundation computers, as well as Dr. R, who has been had been data expunged into 1326 after attempting to destroy several instances of Dash 2. After several minutes of activity, all instances of Dash 2 returned to 1326's containment chamber, at which point the latter opened automatically, revealing a dark corridor extending past the thickness of the book. Once all Dash 2 had re-entered the book through this passageway, the latter closed and locked of its own accord. Ten minutes later, 1326 reopened and expelled all items that had been stolen by Dash 2. The documents had been stripped of writing, and all computer hardware had been reverted to factory condition. The body of Dr. R was not recovered following the incident. Addendum. 
Security footage of the Dash 2 and events revealed the entities make vocalizations resembling human speech while active. Most of these vocalizations are incoherent, but analysis reveals some instances of vocalizing in known languages. The following is a transcript of some vocalizations made by Dash 2, translated into English if not already stolen, spoken as such. Here's where we get to the thing. You have failed to pay tribute. The library does not accept unpaid tolls. The library is capitalized. Return your books on time. Heard during all of them. Don't damage library property. Heard while Dr. R was under assault. Kill me, kill me, kill me. Heard during a contained event. Oh, the don't damage library property. was. Uh, return your books on time. Failed to pay tribute and unpaid tolls. Are heard during all of them. Don't damage library property. Was heard while they were... Well, Dr. R was being assaulted by entities which he had already crushed some of. Uh, and then kill me, kill me, kill me was heard during a contained event after on-site staff had neglected to defeat it. Of, of note is the fact that this vocalization was made in a voice nearly identical to that of Dr. R. Mm. Mm. These, So these guys are kind of the library. They get the new information for the library and they represent like the library but not in the library. They're well, like didn't, the outside library. Where was it? Did um, in th- I forget where it was. I think in the universe it mentioned what uh, the Dawsons. Um, yeah, but right? they just don't have a mouth. No, it's left not them. They, no, no, the, the pages, the, the, the pages, uh, pages reshelf the books in the library. They have anywhere from six to ten hour arms, bowed legs, and squat bodies. Make them excellent climbers. So maybe they're the pages. Maybe they're the pages, but I feel like they're more of kind of a, a field agent and getting new books and stuff new knowledge yeah it could be yeah who knows I don't know maybe there's more of these books hmm <clears throat> oh okay, is, that, wanna... is that how oh that is how they did the credit the way they did the credit is pretty cool it says the image captured by researcher Angie Marth and that's a link to the site of the person who got the image which oh that's neat. nice that's helpful it is hey everyone uh, it's Dave here I, I just wanted to say real quick thanks for listening um, be sure to share the show. It's much appreciated. Uh, tell your friends. Um, you know, as usual, I'm going to go ahead and, and do some a little bit of promotion stuff. Um, first of all, we we do have a uh, Patreon. That's www.patreon.com forward slash SC podcast. Um, our $1 tier is a shout out in the middle of these things, um, as well as a $5 tier, which is a Discord and cut content. That's um, an exclusive which... channel in the Discord where mm-hmm. we'd probably talk if anyone was in it. Yeah, um, as well as the shout-out. Um, we uh, also have a Twitter, uh, which is twitter.com forward slash SC Podcast Show. Um, or and, at SC Podcast Show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a Discord, uh, which the link to that is in our is in our Twitter bio. Once again, that's at SC Podcast Show. Um, for sponsorships, promotional messages, and personal messages, please go ahead and email scpodcastofficial at gmail.com. And then thank you to Kevin McLeod for providing our music under the title Twisting. Our next episode should be up next week, and it will likely be on the Global Occult Coalition. Yep. Okay, so, and then uh, finally we're going to be looking at one more tale, um, which is called uh, Welcome to This Fabulous Magical Locked Door. One thing I want to point out, actually, is this is not on the Wanderers Library website. This is on just the regular SCP wiki. Um, Yes, it's not one of their weird things. mm -hmm. It's kind of different, and it's not in... It's, it's tagged as a serpent's hand, but it's not linked to through the serpent's hand hub. Well, it is, it's linked from there, but it's not like a subcategory of it. Mm-hmm. It's just a tale. Yeah. So again, this is called Welcome to this Fabulous Magical Lock Door.
Uh, and it looks like this is in perspective of, like, a teacher or something. I don't know. Somewhat. Uh, yeah, so. Wall class, I hope you're enjoying our little field trip. Sorry about the tight squeeze. At least the place is abandoned. <laughs> okay. If you all behave, maybe we can stop at Dunkin' Donuts on the way back to Site 17. Everybody in? You, in the back. Can you hear me? Good. Welcome. Bookworms, Merliners, and random foundation researchers to your local library. The local door to your local library, anyway. Well, probably one of many local doors to your local library. Discovery Little Basement is, in fact, a way. You lot have much more self-control than most groups, you know. I barely saw you start forward. You were probably stopped by the next bit of my speech. So allow me to tell you what most of you apparently know already. To the likes of us, this, these marvelous interdimensional doors are closed and locked. Walked into that pointing on the wall, and all you get is a bruise, no matter how much cinnamon you burn. I'll get to that in a second. The reason we've brought you all to this abandoned back alley hole in the wall is because a couple of you are going to be staying here for the next few weeks. Many of you will be having similar assignments. Watch the ways, ladies and gentlemen, and other, and because that's where we get most of our information about the Wanderer's Library. <laughs> ah yes, the library. An endless maze of shelves li living at, at the center of every universe. Travelogues on alien worlds. Stories written by gods. Books that will never be written, just lying on the shelves for anyone to borrow. It sounds fantastic, but some of us have seen it for ourselves. <laughs> What's happening? Okay, I'm not even going to cut this. Okay, I was whispering and doing things because I'm going to cut it, but I'm not going to cut it. My cat is yelling in the hallway. The car alarm just went off. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's just a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, it, sorry, when you when you whispered, my cat is yelling, all I could imagine. It, you know the picture of the crying cat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing that popped into my head. Anyways, um... Let's forget that for now. <laughs> Since yeah. You see, <laughs> you see, back in the good old bad days, when we could put something in a box without having to worry about whether it's comfortable or not, we stumbled on our way into the library. It was beautiful, endless, populated with the scholars of a million different universes. The higher-ups of the time, being the hoarders that they were, decided that the best day to deal with this was to grab literally everything and take it back with them. This did not end well. My arm still aches when I was opening a rhyming dictionary and remember... I'm rambling. Sorry. Long story short, if you're with the Foundation, you aren't getting in the library. Anyone, Anybody wants to quit? Just raise your hand. I'm, I'm kidding. So, as new agents, your job will be to monitor the ways we know about. Most of them are seldom used at this point, but the beauty of a million words is, there's always someone who didn't get the memo that there are jailers, such a hurtful name, I know, waiting on the other side. From there, you have a few options, depending on what comes out of there. If they're human and from this universe, just remember, and remember, just because of- sorry. If they're human and from this universe, and remember, just because it looks like this from Earth doesn't mean that it is from this Earth, it's standard interrogation, amnestics, and relocation. If they aren't quite human, well, you already know about the boxes. If they aren't from this universe, respectfully ask them to get back to where they should be. If they refuse, ask again. Respectfulness will be optional at this point. Don't be stupid about it, though. There are some pretty strange things out there, and some of them have claws. If something like that comes through, observe it from a distance and wait for backup. If at all possible, try to get any books they have off of them, and copy them as quickly as you can. We've actually got quite a collection of extra-universe literature going, and then it's a link to what I would assume is, is, um, oh no, it's, it's just like a literal link to the library. Okay. Just remember to leave the original back of the ways entrance. You won't like what happens if you hold on to it, but that's an entirely different seminar. For now, we'll just say that the library doesn't bother with late fees. So that's about it for the ways. There's plenty more to cover when it comes to the library, but that was the only bit that required us to stand in, the, in a dank basement. Any questions before we go? Serpent's hand.
Well, to be honest, while they are one of the more troublesome parts of the library, they're also one of the smallest. As far as we can tell, they really don't have any more control over the library than anyone else. But that's all I'll say on the topic, so close to a way. You never know if a hand member is passed, passed through here, planning some kind of freaky surveillance magic. We can talk about them more back at the site. Anything else? No? Good. Grab your buddy and make your way back to the bus in a single file. I need a coffee. Someone so yes. is, teaching, is talking to the Foundation researchers like children, and I am living for it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that, that is just like a little bit of information on the ways and everything. Also, I'm going to stop as you. As usual, all the ads are for lock pickings and uh, uh, <laughs> windows. See, that's funny because I actually have an ad for Redbubble. Because um, <laughs> oh. I like, I was looking at a shirt the other day. Um, well, mine's just, I don't know what it is. It's always this site has the same type of five block ads. Lock yeah, I, door and hardware and locks. How to pick a lock. French windows, door levers. And that's what I usually get too. But for what I, I was like the other day, I was looking, if any of you listen to Playboy Cardi, um, he has an album called Die Lit, and I wanted that on a t-shirt, and so now I'm getting Redbubble ads for it, but whatever. Um, also, also I, I need to stop this for a second, Soren. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back about a minute. Did you really just say that you were living for this? Yeah. Are you sure you're what straight? about it? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you say that. I've been by for a while now. Okay. <laughs> I'm just we saying, haven't spoken man, like, in like two years before this. I'm just saying, man. Like that kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is staying in, but just in case. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. Right. Yep. Okay, so yeah, so I, I think that's probably good enough then. Yeah, that's probably it. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. Well. Okay, so that was the Serpent's Hand. They're basically they reside in the Wanderers Library. They're basically the Foundation's. The, their kind of hub as a group of interest is kind of the Wander's Library hub rather than theirs, mostly because there's not really a way to link the Wander's Library. doesn't fit under the meaning of a group of interest or mm-hmm. of a canon or anything. Yeah. So they just do it through the Serpent Hand, which is why it's talked about a lot, because they aren't a very interesting group on their own, but the library itself is kind of is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, yeah. so they're, they're kind of just... They, they're basically against everything that the Foundation does. They're like, when you need to stop hiding things from people, you need to just get it out there and let them know. Because I understand, like, why you don't want to, but also it's just, it's it's not worth it. Yeah, and they're also very against killing things and destroying things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, um, once again, this has been the SC pod, SCP... This has been the Secure Contained Podcast! Uh, today we talked about groups of interest and Serpent's Hand. Um, and everything um it was fun uh yeah. i don't know what i'm saying right now because i'm going off the top of my head and that doesn't always work um but uh i think it, what did you say we we're gonna do next week again in the middle storm uh probably the global cult coalition okay yeah because that's been mentioned several times i think yes um, especially within this episode so we'll be doing that next week so go ahead and tune into that as well um as usual i am your co-host david and i'm your co-host soren uh, and that is all for now. We will see. We will talk to you guys next week. Yep. Bye bye.